Hello and welcome to Inside Modular, the podcast of commercial modular construction brought to you by the Modular Building Institute. With a compact footprint, variety of unit options, and seamless system management, city multi-variable refrigerant flow zoning systems from Mitsubishi Electric Train, HVAC US are a one-stop solution for modular projects. With efficient operation and the ability to connect to commercial ventilation equipment, third-party systems, and comprehensive control solutions, City Multi VRF can help you meet energy and performance goals on your next project. From off-site development to on-site assembly, you can trust our manufacturer-level support to guide you from system selection to design to startup, no matter the application. To learn more about our offerings, visit MitsubishiPro.com. Welcome, everyone. My name is John McMullen, and I'm the Marketing Director here at MBI. Today, I'm talking with Alan Rasmussen, Vice President of Production at Oregon-based Modern Building Systems. Alan will be talking about workforce challenges in the industry and what it takes to find and develop new modular industry workers. Alan, welcome. Hey, thank you, John. It's a pleasure to be here. Always good to talk to you. Um, so we've known each other for a while now, but for, for those who haven't met you or have only met you briefly, uh, I know you've uh, I know your family rather has been in the industry uh, for a long time. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, so Modern, uh, we just celebrated our 50th anniversary last week. Uh, so we're proud of that, to be in this industry for 50 years. You know, there's been a lot of people that come in and out of the industry, but we uh, take a lot of pride in uh, being a, a solid rock in this industry. Mm-hmm. Um, my grandfather started the company, and he was, in fact, a 2022 uh, Modular Hall of Fame recipient. So we're very proud of him and uh, his legacy, and we look forward to carrying that on. I, I represent the third generation of modern building systems, along with my cousin, who serves as our CFO. And our goals and visions are for a fourth generation, so that's what drives us here every day. Awesome. Uh, we're located out, headquartered out in a small town called Almsville, Oregon, and the only two commercial modular manufacturers in the state of Oregon are both located in this small town. So we, uh, Blazers just right across town and we see each other at, you know, the youth sporting events and the grocery store and the restaurants. And, uh, it's, a it's a fun little, uh, dynamic for sure. Oh, that's very cool. That's very cool. So, uh, you've been in and around the building industry for a long time now. Uh, I was wondering if you could speak to any of the trends that you've seen in the past several years. Uh, how has the industry changed? Well, a lot out here is the energy code. Uh, here on the West Coast, the energy code is very progressive and it's uh, constantly changing. And it kind of feels like the state of Washington, Oregon, and California all try to outdo themselves on the code. So we've been scrambling quite a bit and uh, reacting to that for the new energy code. So it's kind of unique when I, you know, I serve on the board of MBI and when I get to meet with our colleagues at board meetings and whatnot, you know, what what they chat about and some of the things I tell them about what we do here in the energy code and codes they're kind of blown away by. So that's been a big one is, you know, the green building movement is pushed the energy code quite a bit. And it's been really directed at, you know, stick built buildings, but that's flowed down to just down to your, you know, mobile office trailer. And so it's kind of crazy some of the things that we have to do to a mobile office trailer out here, such as controlled receptacles, um, uh, censored lighting, motion censored lighting, and, mm. and, and the BARD units. I, just, I think BARD has to build a special <laughs> a special unit just to get through the energy code out here. So it's, wow. uh, it's, um, 
that's been a big one. I mean, and then, but for the topic at hand today, I mean, workforce has been, it's been tough. Um, uh, you know, the recession really hurt, took a lot of people out of the construction industry, um, trying to get over the stigma of the construction, a job in the construction industry. And, uh, then, you know, this last recent history with COVID, it took a lot of people out of the workforce, you know, stay home to be safe or stay home to take care of their kids that were not in school anymore. And uh, we're just now seeing those uh, that kind of free up again, more ap- applications coming in. Um, and that's been good, but we cross our fingers as this next variant comes through that it doesn't uh, slide back. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those are some of the tr- some of the trends I've seen. How has modern itself been affected by by the workforce challenges? Well, out here, like I mentioned, uh, you know, Blazers right across town. So you have two modular factories in a small town mm-hmm. uh, competing for for labor. Um, we also have uh, lumber mills and plywood mills uh, within 15 miles that are, you know, very labor intensive competing. So that's been tough. You know, there's some jokes between <laughs> HR folks that. You know, we look at resumes and it's like, oh, they've been here, here, and here. They just kind of circle around in our small canyon area that we are located in. It's really hurt. I mean, there's times you want to crank up that factory and kind of get going, and you can't do it. You just you need you need some hands on on the line, and you just can't get them there. So it's it's hurt a little bit to um, go at the speed that we'd like to go, and you know, serve our clients. So uh, you alluded to this earlier with all the other employers in your area, but it, have you seen this as a, an issue for the modular construction industry only, or is this a sort of a broader industry issue? No, I, it's definitely a broader industry. Um, a lot of my friends are, you know, residential home builders and they may necessarily not need a bunch of, of labor themselves, but their subs are drastically affected. And, um, just getting, you know, scheduling subs the same on a stick build project is just the same as trying to schedule, you know, to crank up the factory speed. You just can't do it because you just, there's just not enough bodies and hours in the day, work, work hours in the day. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I, you know, I've seen, you know, a lot of what the national home builders association, they're really pushing a, a campaign to bring more people into the trades and, and I really feel like that's a space that the Modular Building Institute could do and, and our industry could do some things. Because mm-hmm. I think we've got some really great advantages that we could compete against the stick bolt world to bring really skilled uh, labor into our industry. And have you noticed uh, one region in the country dealing with these shortages? Uh, or, or is this more of a nationwide challenge? Well, I'd say from from my perspective, I think it's a nationwide issue from you know my like i mentioned when i sit down at the board meetings and you know we kind of share our war stories together after the meeting you know it's one of the questions i ask like hey how's labor going and and if it's down in texas or the southeast or the northeast um, midwest I, i i get the same answers that it's just tough right now and we just need to get the labor participation rate uh way up in this country and um again like i said i think modular the modular industry has a great advantage to uh to bring people into the skilled skilled trades 
What challenges is the industry facing uh, to bring in and train workers? And I guess not just modular, but build, you know, the, the, the building industry in general. What, what challenges are they specifically facing? Well, again, I think there's a stigma against the construction industry that it's um, lesser than or dirty and, you know, really demanding. And uh, there's cooler uh, jobs to be had out there. And I think our industry specifically, people think, oh, it's just the manufactured home plant. Oh, that's boring. It's repetitive. Not a lot of excitement there. And um, that's that's not the case. I mean, I think especially these commercial modular manufacturers, we're building some great products. Mm-hmm. Um, these projects are very interesting, and there's there's uh, there's a lot of opportunity there. So, what's modern done? to bring in workers and, and, and really develop talent over the past few years? Yeah, this is this has been a real passion project of mine. It kind of, I'll be honest, it started out as very, you know, selfish. I'm just going to flip over any stone I can to find, you know, laborers, uh, construction workers. But uh, our local our local area, Salem, Salem, Oregon, the state capital, which is about 10 miles away, you know, is comprised of about eight high schools and uh, a very... Um, generous uh, donor who's a developer in town set up a career technical school and it's a great model and so these kids they get bussed in across town into the school and they do you know instead of just one hour of shop class these students spend two and a half days at this school and so their english class is tied to their construction program so Mm -hmm. they could be doing submittals they could be reading plans they could be writing bids their math class is tied to what they're doing it could be um you know, geometry of figuring out the uh, yards needed to pour foundation or angles for the rafters on the uh, the roof. And so I kind of got invited to check it out and um, have been involved for at least four or five years doing mentoring programs, doing job fairs there, uh, hosting tours at our factory, um, and frankly, recruiting these students. Um, there's also a, a nonprofit um, subsidiary that does a builds a house every year uh, so the students get bussed out and they you know spend about four hours every other day out at the out the house project you know of framing roofing siding uh, doing finished carpentry doing doing all the phases and so I've, I've been involved in that board too and so we recruit those kids and there's a great dovetail from their classroom because they're in a big warehouse space as their classroom and that greatly resembles the, the modular factory. Mm-hmm. So when they transfer, when I do recruit them in and they transfer and they come to work for, for modern, it's not a, it's not, it feels like home to them. They've been in this class, their junior and senior year and modern uh, looks and feels a lot like their classroom back at the uh, career technical school. So very cool. You know, when the pandemic hit, my wife's a high school principal and, you know, I kind of knew what was going on. Kids were just, they were scrambling, like schools were scrambling like crazy just to, you know, put some curriculum together and kids were kind of sitting at home pooling their thumbs. And there were some that I had just done a mock, you know, they'll do these mock interviews to help build these, their professional skills. And I would tell them I'll come in and do it, but I'm going to interview them for real and I'm going to offer them jobs. And they're, Hmm. they're totally fine with that. Hmm. They, they love that. And, um, I had talked to him, you know, maybe a few weeks before the pandemic first hit. And then it kind of dawned on me one day, I go, man, some of these kids that I was planning to talk to and have them come on board, you know, when they graduated or when the summer hit, 
uh, are probably just sitting at home. And I called a couple of them. They're like, I'm like, hey, do you want to come to work? And they're like, sure. And so they they still had some online school responsibilities. And uh, we worked it out that, you know, some days they didn't have any and uh, they could put in, you know, eight hours a day. But some days they needed to, uh, you know, be on their computer for a couple hours and do a, an online class. And so we just had them clock out. And I basically set up my conference room as a classroom for them. And they mm. would clock out and then come in and sit down in the conference room and do their school and eat their lunch and then clock back, go back out and clock back in. And so we've kind of done that model going forward. Uh, a lot of them, when they hit their senior year, they don't have a full five days school week. And uh, so I have uh, several students right now that, um, you know, go to school two days a week and they work for me three days a week. Some of them go to school three days a week and work for me two days a week. And then when the summer hits, they're full time. So it's been great. Uh, early on, I would say my station leads, my framing supervisor, finish supervisor, they were very leery of it. You know, these high school kids, you know. And uh, now they'll tell you they've done such a great job at this career technical school teaching teaching them that they prefer them. They want them on their crews. They want them in their stations. And uh, so I would I, I I will tell people reach out to those uh, those programs. I mean, across the nation, they're talking about you know career technical schools and uh, construction is always one that's usually uh, prevalent in those programs. And to connect with them. Um, so you mentioned uh, earlier the the stigma that you know some people have against construction in general and 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 doing that hands-on kind of work. What's the feedback been from these kids who have come to work for you who are in the factory doing real work? What what sort of feedback have you gotten from them? Well, they're so eager. I mean, a lot I mean, you know, when I was 14, 15, 16, you know, I was we, we worked. I mean, mm-hmm. today's generation, they, I mean, a lot of these kids have never had a job before. And if they have, it's been pretty light, maybe bagging groceries mm-hmm. or something. Um, and so they're really eager. I mean, they w- they chose to go into this career technic- technical school program. And so they're very eager to put those skills to use and, and make money on it. And a lot of their friends that maybe some of their friends that do have jobs, you know, minimum wage, and they're getting you know, five, seven, eight, nine dollars more an hour than their, their friends. And so, um, they're very eager to come in and work and it's kind of funny. They'll tell me I, that they like coming and working in the factory over going to this, to the house project, the stick built project site that they have for part of their, you know, senior year, uh, project is, you know, I'm looking out the window right now and it's 38 degrees and raining. Um, they much prefer to come into the factory and sure. it's nice and dry and, and, uh, they prefer that, uh, work environment. And, you know, I've kind of alluded to it a few times earlier in this uh, conversation is I think that's where we need to, as an industry, uh, highlight those advantages, um, to come in and work in those controlled environments, uh, in the construction period or so, construction um, job. So what, what are those, you have alluded to those several times and I was going to ask, what are those advantages that modular has over uh, the stick built construction, traditional construction industry. What, what can modular offer workers that they can't? Well, first off is just the, the working conditions, you know, um, you know, the winter, it might be cold, snowing, raining, depending on what, where you are in the country. Um, um, the other thing is uh, schedule predictability. Um, I've had plumbers and electricians who, 
I've been able to recruit in and, hey, come work at the factory instead because they're out in their, their work van and driving here and there and they don't know where necessarily where they'll be one day or the other or mm-hmm. they, you know, in some of these big urban markets, they get stuck in traffic for an hour after work trying to get back to the shop and get in their truck and go home. And so the schedule predictability, be able to tell their family when they're going to be home, being able to, you know, volunteer their time to coach, you know, their son or daughter's sports team. Uh, they like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they like having that predictability and another, I mean, I have a, a electrical apprentice who's, um, who's newly married. She's looking to start a family soon. And she worked a couple of years in the, uh, you know, traditional stick built world as an electrical apprentice. And she didn't see a path to be able to be a mother and do that career at the same time, just because of those factors that I talked about. Yep. And she loves it here at modern. She loves having the set schedule predictability and, and still be able to work in this, in a, uh, a very well-paid uh, skilled trade labor job and uh we're happy to support her on in in that so that's awesome i think those are just some of the things that we need to you know as an industry and these companies in these industries keep that in mind when you recruit these people um uh there's some great advantages so based on what you're doing in the community and at modern and what you've seen elsewhere what ideas do you have uh, that might help other manufacturers and builders bring in new workers Well, yeah, touching back on that uh, career technical school, I would sit in these, I would do these job fairs or do these mock interviews. And, you know, with the work safety rules in this country, you know, you really can't have anyone under the age of 18 in your factory Mm -hmm. and swinging the hammer and, and using the nail gun or using the saws. And, you know, it's like these students were eager to work, but I'm like, I'd have to ask, Hey, when are you going to turn 18? And, um, you know, I could hire a few to like clean and sweep up, but that's not going to set them on fire for the trades. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started uh, talking to a few of our, you know, contacts in, in the local Oregon uh, legislature. And they said, well, we can do a, we could do an Oregon law, but it'll be superseded by federal law. And I got talking to the Bureau of Labor and Industries here in the state of Oregon that has a child labor division. And he goes, hey, what you need to look at is this in the federal uh, work safety law, there's something called a student learner program. And so we looked into that and it's, it's, um, this collaborative between a school and it's, and the student is in some sort of CTE program. Maybe it's not as robust as what Salem Kaiser public schools is doing here in Oregon, but maybe it's just their, you know, one period shop class or whatever. And, you, you you have a document that outlines, you know, it's signed by the school, the guardian, Perry, and the student, the company, and they're they're an employee. I mean, they're an employee of mine. The work comp coverage is is mine. But um, by doing that, you can bring in students that are under the age of eighteen, and those restrictions on being in that setting, in that uh, they call it a hazardous work environment. You can be in that setting. And you can use the tools. So I've, I've been able to bring in labor that before uh, wouldn't, even, wouldn't even cross your mind, a uh, 16, 17-year-old, to come in. And they've been able to work uh, in a collaborative with what they're doing in school and still meet the uh, federal uh, work safety laws. So those programs are out, or that, that uh, law 
that path is out there. And so I, I encourage other uh, modular companies to look at that and and uh, work with the local schools and those students. Very cool. I, I learned something myself, so I'm glad we had this conversation. Uh, to, and to the workers themselves, what's your pitch for, for working in modular construction? Well, I, when I when I talk to people, you know, talking to a prospective client or even a client and some of the, you know, what is this building we're building and how we're building it, I, I kind of, you know, one fun little uh, phrase I use is, this is adult Lego building. Mm -hmm. um, and and we work fast. There's speed. There's It's changing every day. And uh, there's new and exciting projects. Not every project is the same. So from one project to the other, we build those buildings a different way. It's a different set of Legos. You know, as a child, you know, you get bored playing with the same Lego set over and over. And um, we get a great variety every day. And again, some of the advantages I've already mentioned are just the schedule predictability, mm -hmm. that work, that work uh, family life balance that can be achieved and still work in construction. Um, much more safe, you know, in our factory, you know, in most factories, the roofing is by far more safer job tasks than it is out on a site built construction project. And so, sure you know, we want you to come anything. in and work. Yeah. We want you to, we want you to come in and work and definitely go home to see your family. And so this, this industry is just safer. Um, it's not as demanding and working in the, in the environments and, uh, it's fun. So Almost, almost at the at the end of this interview. Before you go, tell me what's going on uh, at Modern. What's on the horizon for 2022? Well, we got some exciting stuff. Uh, I'm sitting here in our conference room while uh, chatting with you, and I'm looking at a big set of plans in front of me. But uh, a lot of swing space for schools. Doing a lot of swing space for schools. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, one I'm looking at uh, on the table here. It's going to be. Um, you know, the school, it's a, a rural school district that needs to expand. Um, they don't necessarily want a village of double wide classrooms. Mm -hmm. uh, they can't quite afford stick belt construction that's booming uh, in costs. And so their uh, five classroom addition is going to be built with modulars. So we're going to tie it right into the existing school building. Uh, it's going to match the existing architecture and so those are the projects we get excited about we're pretty heavy in the uh, education industry and um, providing them uh, solutions that don't necessarily have to be you know the double wide classrooms and they get pretty excited about that and uh, have a few others like that for school districts so i know there's a great need for a those there's a great need for those education projects and my my sons right now are in uh, double wide classrooms their school's gotten too big and they're doing that for the time being until a new school can be built. But uh, so yeah, I'm glad to hear you guys are doing that. Yeah, and that's the conversation we have with our with the school districts is, you know, there's a medium, there's something in between there, and um, take a look at that and uh, think long term mm -hmm. uh, solutions utilizing uh, modular construction. So, so uh, one last thing. Um, I was hoping you could help me uh, hype up MBI's upcoming World of Modular in April. Uh, we're going to be back in person in San Antonio on April 25th through the 28th. Uh, I know you've been an attendee for a long time. Why do you and Modern keep coming back to World of Modular? Well, I mean, this year especially, back in person, I mean, you know, that's that, that should sell it in itself. Uh, it's gonna, uh, yeah, it's going to be big. It's going to be big. It would be nice to see everybody again. Uh, 
San Antonio, Texas in April be nice and warm, mm-hmm. you know, so those from the Northeast and up here in the Northwest and especially our Canadian uh, members come and thaw out per se, but uh, it's always just a good time to uh, catch up. I, I find this industry, it, we're a small niche industry, we're growing, but there's a great uh, uh, fraternity and uh, it's always good to uh, see the other people in your industry and and uh, learn from them, just chat with them, you know, support each other. So it's definitely worth the uh, trip down and we uh, really look forward to seeing everybody down there. And as a board member, this is a, this is a, a big uh, piece of MBI's budget every year. So help come support us and so we can keep doing great things for you guys. Well, thank you, Alan. I, I really appreciate you being here today. I learned some things uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing you in April in San Antonio. Alrighty, John. Looking forward to it. My name is John McMullen, and this has been another episode of Inside Modular, the podcast of commercial modular construction. Until next time.